If I was a weaker man, I'd have got choked up behind all that. <laughs> yeah. One of the things, and this I'm very sincere about the message that I'm giving today, is that there are few fathers that are fathers. And it's time for us to take inventory as men. We see the situation that's going on in the United States of America of how many of our young boys are being incarcerated, homicides, and all these kind of things. And there has to be a reason for that. And the church, we have a tendency to be a little afraid to attack men because we want to keep men in the church. But a real man ought to be able to be chastised. And a real man ought to get the information because it's important for him to get the information because he wants to give the information to his kids and his children. One of the things that we ought to not be afraid to do is to take a look at our ancestors, our fathers, grandfathers, and see what they did not do. And say that we're going to make a commitment to be better than our parents. Let me tell you the reason a lot of young men can't be fathers. You know, 70%, uh, 60%, 70%, I think, of children are coming out of one-parent home. Mama raising them. That's just a fact. And so the problem is mothers do a great job, but you can't be a man unless you see a man. And so we need to, and it can be godfathers, stepfathers, you see, biological fathers, coaches, but young men need to be fathered. The reason men, young men to be fathered is this, listen to this. It is hard to be a father when you haven't became a son. It's hard to be a father if you've never been a son. Are you with me where I'm coming from? So a lot of young men came father because they'd never been sons. Because sons have been fathered. And so they have a role model. But if you don't, you've never been a son, then you don't know how to be a father. That's just fact. You know, and all you're looking at me, you know, and I know this group in here, most of you, you send your kids to basketball camps, football camps, camps on camps, because you're trying to teach them how to learn to play a sport, which is a good thing. So you can't be a good football player, basketball, track, swimming, softball, unless you've been coached. You can't be a good father unless you've been coached as a son. Then you can take that to the next generation and father them. If you look in the Bible, and there's many names that God was called. You know, and we pick on him all the time because he's just smarter than the rest of us. Trevor probably could stand up and give us about 10 of them. 
You say he go from Eliam to Yahweh to Jehovah and go on. But that's what he was called, God was called in the Old Testament. And, uh, but the New Testament is a different relationship. If you look in the New Testament, and of course it'd be King James, uh, God, uh, the Father, God is used as a father 244 times, okay? Then in the gospel alone, 112 times. Matthews, 43. Luke 5, 14, excuse me, Mark 5. And then 70 other times in the New Testament. And that's very important because what happened in the Old Testament God was up there. Yes, sir. Okay? And men and women prayed to God up there. But there was a man that came along that wanted a more intimate relationship with God. He wanted God to be a bigger part of his life. His name was Jesus. Jesus called him father because he wanted that intimate relationship. You see, he wanted, he wanted, to, it, 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 he wanted to be responsible to him. He wanted to communicate with him. Now here, get up here with me. You see, you couldn't communicate with God in the Old Testament. Thank God we ain't there. Yeah, we're too far away from us. Because the Bible says no man has seen who? God. Scripture tells you that. But guess who? We've seen his son. They've seen his son, Jesus. So we want to talk about how important it was, if it was important enough for Jesus Christ of Nazareth to be a son, how much more important it is to us to be sons and daughters. Right? If you've had a good father, you can sing in your own way. That's what Isaac just sung. But there's a lot of people in churches hear that song, young men. Brother Logan, that would be crying because they didn't have that. Mm -hmm. And young girls too, but young, we're talking young men. Some had tears because they did. What we want to do in Christ Temple North is we want to be held accountable to do it the right way. I want a deeper relationship with God. I start out, my prayers is always Father God. You see, because I, I want to have that relationship. And guess what? If I'm a son and he's my father, and we family. And we family. You see? I gained an incredible family. Now, of course, you all know my story. I didn't, never seen a picture, didn't know my father, none of that stuff. Not, it was okay now, because it's not important for me to worry about what he did and what he didn't do. That's his story. 
But his stepfather done a pretty good job. He'd done the best he could. But then there were other people. Like men, I said, God had many names. Mm-hmm. There were people with other names that came into my life and were like a father. That's right. You see? You see? I talk about Coach Ventura all the time. You, know, you see? So it doesn't get any of us off the hook because we are fathers to the fatherless. And mothers, go ahead, to the fatherless. So it is important that God, it wouldn't be in the scriptures if God didn't want us to have a father-like relationship with him. And so he had to send Jesus Christ in humanity to show us that we need that. We need that. You see, we need the safety of knowing that you have a father. You see, you all don't know it today, but what am I, I might have a what? Flush. I might have a flush up here. Yes, which you, and that's why this young man right here, when I do this, he's going to come and get me up out of here because the flush is the medication I'm taking that the energy just drops. Yeah. ain't going to die or anything. The energy just drops. Isaac's got the rest of it ready. Okay? We need each other. Yeah. Yeah. I asked this brother here, because he's my brother. Mm-hmm. We family. Isaac can take over and finish this. We family. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you something that's going to scare you. Okay? You all are just as important to me as what he's from. Yes. And I'm going to show you where that is with Paul pretty soon. Here we go. So we're going to start off with John 5 at verse 16 from the NIV. So because Jesus was doing things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. There's always religious people sitting around wanting to persecute. That's right. Because, see, they can't see beyond their religion. All right? In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I, too, am working. If said, my father. Who's he talking about? He's talking about God. He's talking about God, and he's calling him what? Father. He's calling him father. That's how important it was for Christ to have a father. Mm-hmm. All right? We're going to get into this. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. That's how religious people are. He wasn't calling himself equal. He said, I'm a son. Mm-hmm. And I have a father. You call him God. I call him father. Mm-hmm. You see, because I want that intimate relationship with him. You see, the thing that makes me feel the best about my life is and it's going to happen to all of you. We don't have earthly fathers. They're gone. But we still have a father. In, in, huh? Come on. We still have a father. You see? All right. Jesus gave them this answer in verse 19. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. That's what the problem is. The son can only do what he sees his father doing. That lets you know how careful you have to be 
as a parent. Definitely as a father. Because your son is looking at you. And your son can only do what you've taught him. Period. You understand what I'm talking about? All right. The question is, you out there, would you like, there's a thing that we see all the time, well, you ain't old enough yet to be doing such and such. Well, you shouldn't be doing anything that your son has to be a certain age to do. If it ain't good for you at 40 or 50, it ain't good for you at eight. Right? Okay, especially you all that have children. There comes a day and you have the empty nest syndrome and you could have a little bit more leverage. <laughs> all right? Whatever the father does, the son also does. So whatever the father does, the son does. There's our problem in this country. Sons are acting like the fathers and we're pointing our fingers at the sons. And we need to call them out. Have you ever heard of such thing? I don't know about it in y'all's house, so don't get upset at me because I'm just bringing the message. Folks got bullets and guns and all this stuff in their bedroom in your house. And talking about, well, I don't go in there because that's their space. In your house. And you all see these 18-year-olds. We didn't know he had that. I'd open drawers, cabinets, my house. You see? Are y'all with me? You need to hear what I'm saying because a lot of you've gotten through it, but you've got you're gonna be a grandparent. God bless you. One day you may be a, a great grandparent. But it's time for us to check ourselves, men. Because Christ step north, we hold ourselves at a higher standard. You see? Don't do nothing in front of your son that you want to chastise him about if he does it on his own. So sometimes it ain't the child that's the problem, Brother Trevor. It's the parents. I've always said they need to arrest some of these parents. Yeah, you see? That's just a fact. This morning, I always try to listen to David Jeremiah. He's one of my favorite people, but the news was on. And they had this guy talking about this uh, sex trafficking and the experience that he had. And his daughter was 15. And they were at the, bus, the ballpark, the baseball game. Not in Kansas City, but a baseball game. She went to the bathroom. She was gone a long time. And uh, she didn't get back, so he called security after he went and couldn't find her. And they said, well, you have to write a report. I, I'll just shorten the story. Of course, she, they didn't find her for days, and then when they found her, they arrested five men. So you know what happened, right? Look here. Who's at fault there? Who sends a 15-year-old in a ballpark to the bathroom and ain't standing at that door? Right. You see, my, my father asked my kids, you see, and when they were little, some of y'all can't do this now because I guess it's against the rules. If I couldn't reach out and grab them, they were too far. You see, when they were little, right? You see, there's no way. So a lot of things, and he never admitted that he was the problem. We know they'd done the crime, but he was the problem. You see, 
a good father never leaves his child physically. You ready for the rest of it? Mentally or emotionally. All right, y'all got it? Some people didn't know I'd done that. Pulling that Holy Ghost down, because we, no, we ain't having this today. This, this old body going, I, I told this body now, hey, you're, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your sickness don't own you. The Holy Ghost owns you. You see? Yeah. And my Heavenly Father is going to let me get through this. And I'll get some Gatorade later, but Satan's alive today. You see? Go ahead. You see? For the father loves the son. Do you love your son? And daughters? I'll be saying sons. Daughters the same, but sons. Okay? That's right. And shows him all he does. Show what? Shows him all he does. So he ain't doing nothing he's ashamed of. This is the scripture. Go ahead and say amen to the scripture. He says he shows him all that he does. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. But remember, you're showing your children what you do. They looking. You see? Okay. Give me where I'm at. In verse 20. Thanks. Then he says, yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. God's going to show me greater works than that. So we'd be amazed. But here. You as a parent, as a father, ought to want your child to be greater than you. You ought to make a way for your child to do greater things than you've done. Every father ought to want his son to accomplish more in life than he accomplished in life. Even though he didn't make the way because his parents may not have got it to him and he didn't have it, but he'll make sure that his son has the education to get the jobs and to have the opportunities to do more than he done. That's how it ought to be. Is anybody, and some of you all are very successful people in here. You still ought to want your son, uh, fathers in here, you still ought to want your son to be more successful than you. Well, he's not going to be more successful than you unless you make the path for him to be more successful than you and give him the tools that he needs to do the things that he needs to do to do greater things. You ought to be able to sit down with your sons and daughters, but I'm saying sons today, and say, son, we're going to sit down here today and, and draw out a path for you to get to where you need to be so you can do some greater things. You see? You see? We don't want our sons and daughters to be like us. We want our sons and daughters to go further than us. That's a good parent. A good father wants his son to accomplish more than he wants to accomplish. But somebody has to father them to get them to where they need to go. All right? No, where I'm at, it's not good enough. I want you to be further along than me. Are y'all with me? Amen. All right. Now we're going to go to verse 30 from the voice. I have not ever acted and will not in the future act on my own. Said I'm not going to act on my own. The wisdom and the knowledge and the education that my father gives me, I act it, I take it with me. Spiritually, it means that I don't act on my own. My heavenly father gives me what I need to do what he'd have me to do. You see? All right. I listen to the directions of the one who sent me, and I act on these divine instructions. Now I'm talking spiritually. I'm acting under the directions of him who sent me. You see this guy here? 
pastoring was not on his agenda. Yeah, you know, I, tell you, I, I always thought anybody want to be a pastor lost their minds, because you got to be responsible for folks. Yeah, if you ever have problems in your household, have a church. You think you're praying for two or three folks in your household? Have a church. You see? But God has equipped me to be able to do that. And if I'd have done anything other than what I'm doing now, I probably wouldn't be alive today. Because if I'd have been disobedient, cancer would have took me out. You see? But being obedient to God, huh? He said, not yet. Not yet. Because I've called him to do something. You see? And that's what the rest of you, we need to do in here. We need to say, I'm asking you. No, I'm talking spiritually, not your physical father. Are you listening to your heavenly father's directions? Are you listening to his spiritual revelations? You need to ask yourself that. You see? And sometimes it's to help a son or a daughter to go beyond your imagination. All you do is open the door and they walk through it. Do you understand that? You see, you can look at the richest man or richest woman in the world. Right? They got that on somebody else's shoulders. And some of them are parents. Can I just talk? You know what was the sad thing? When the young man that was dying, Floyd, what's his first name? George Floyd. You know what was the sad thing? Who did, who did he call seven times? Kind of sad, isn't it? When Jesus was on the cross, who did he talk to? His father. You ever watch a football game? Somebody wins? Hi, Mama. Not the price is right, but one of my other favorite things is let's make a deal. At the end of the thing, what does he always say? love you, Mama. Watch it every day. I love you, Mama. That's strange. That's strange. Love you, Mama and Daddy. He said, I love you, Mama. I can say this. When Marco, that's my daughter, would get earaches, you know, kids when they're young, they get earaches and go through that. She would tell her Mama, no, let Daddy hold me. He makes it feel better. To this day, when she has a serious situation, she needs something fixed, she calls Isaac. When she needs something, she calls her daddy. When I got sick, was in the hospital. Of course, Isaac was in the emergency room. He was the head doctor in there. <laughs> directing everybody what to do. I, but they took me to the room and I was going to stay all night or whatever it was. Who told Mama, you can go home? I'm going to stay with Daddy. Marco. She said, I got this. Because all he's done for me. Mm -hmm. Being a good father that pays. Yeah. You don't know how you're going to go down. 
All right. So again, act on these divine instructions. And so we're going to act on the divine instruction. For this reason, my judgment is always fair and never self-serving. I'm committed to pursuing God's way for me. I changed that God's way for me. I'm committed to that. I'm committed to that. Okay. And as it says from the passion, my judgments will be perfect because I seek only to fulfill the desires of my father. And that's incredible. I want to ask you all, you believe God your father? Do you want to accomplish the things and his desire for you? You might want to check yourself and make sure you're doing everything you can to get a spiritual revelation. To say, I'm for the rest of my life, after you walk out of here, I'm going to live my life to please God. You see, a good father, okay, who pleases God, will always please his children. And those children will go on to the next generation. See, we need to break the cycle. And it's got to start with Christ knowing we have a role model. We have a role model. We have a role model as a son in Jesus, and we have a role model in Father God as a father. Okay. And in verse 36, I have testimony weighter than that of John. This is Jesus talking. For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. Some of us that are going through something, we smile because God has given us a work and ain't nothing going to stop us until he's finished with it. Period. You see? I love him. I love God. He, you know, sometimes I, I asked, uh, I said, now you sure you got the wrong, right guy? And he whispers in on me, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure I got the right guy. Are you sure? You listening to him? I, uh, I don't want to put him on the uh, spot, Brother Christian. I, I love that brother when he comes into church. Is that smile. It's not like this. It's kind of like. He's been one of my favorite people to go see from the trombone all the way down to the discipline that he shows. You know what that's called? Parenting. That's what it's called, you see. This young lady sitting here, one of my favorite, another one of my favorite, going to college, taking over, evangelizing, doing a great job. Proud of you. Proud of you. It's called fathering, parenting. The results won't be what you say. It'll be when we look at your child. What do they say? The old folks say the proof's in the pudding? Go ahead and read that. Y'all know I'm smart. Most people wouldn't even come up with that. <laughs> now we go to John 14, verse 8. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. <laughs> Boy, when you deal with knuckleheads, you deal with knuckleheads. <laughs> Philip said, now, after all he's done seeing, he's saying, show us the Father, and that'll be enough. If you just show me the Father, that'll be enough. Wow. 
Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Saying, You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Philip's still looking around. <laughs> Said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm-hmm. You see? So how can you say, show us the Father? Yeah, I mean, we're going to deal with that. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Now, don't you believe that the Father is in me? I'm in him, he's in me. Do you all know that a good parent, a good father, your son carries you around in him? Flat. He carries you around in him. That's why you have to be very careful what you put in him. Because he's going to carry that around in him. You see? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. And he's got to the point where we understand that, now I'm going back spiritual because I'm all over the place, the work that I do right now is from the Father through his Son, Jesus Christ. That's what I'm doing right now. The work's in me. I wouldn't have done this message because this is not a good message to do on Father's Day. I'd have done something else. Spirit say, no. Call your people out. Call them out. They men, they can handle it. If they ain't, so be it. We go to church, we want to jump and shout and walk out the church like we had a good time. I don't want anybody to have a good I want everybody to walk out with something on their mind. Let me tell you something since we're talking about fathering, because I feel really good about it. My health is good, I feel good. Do you know, you men that are married, that sometimes your wife needs a fathering spirit? Sometimes she needs that. She needs that fathering spirit. Needs to be protected, loved, and sometimes directed. But always know that you're there. When when you get married, the man says, Pastor says, who gives this woman to be married to this man? And the father says what? So he's looking at this man as if he could take his place. Because he said, I'm giving up my position. I'll always be father. I'm giving it up, and I'm expecting you to be the same and to treat her the same way that I did as her father. To love her like I loved her as my daughter. It's a fact. Brother, I ain't getting much looks out of this at all, brother. Somebody was like, thank you. They ran the white flag back there. <laughs> it's a fact. You see? Since you, nobody said amen, you know who your daughter's looking for a lot of times? You. Here we go. Verse 11. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Yeah, keep going. 
Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Do you know how we're supposed to do what great things? God wants us to do greater things than him. That's what we're saying. Jesus is saying, you're going to do greater things than me. Because he's going to the Father. And you know why? Because he's going to the Father, and he's going to write, he's sitting right there right now by the Father, saying, touch Pastor Fields. Strengthen Pastor Fields. Touch his body. Let him overcome the odds. You see, when you get sick, they, they tell you how long you're going to live. You got all those cancers and stuff. He said, let him break the odds. Because he's working for you. Right? Okay. I like that. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You know what? I say, Jesus, you said that whatever I'd asked in your name, the Father would answer that prayer. That's what it said. Because the Father and the Son had such an intimate relationship and the Father loved Jesus so much that whatever Jesus had asked, he would give it to him. And then he said to us, whatever you asked in my name, the Father loves me so much and honors me so much, he'll give it to you. But you gotta ask for it in his name. Say, I'm not going to get upset at you, Pastor. I'm not going to get you upset. It drives me crazy when people don't end their prayers in the name of Jesus. Because of this. You know, this morning I got up, went out on the deck, and talked to the Father. I said, I said Father, you sure you want me to do this? <laughs> you see, he said, yeah, you're going to do this. And you're not going to feel a thing. Because somebody here needs that. I remember when me and Steve Brewer, it's crazy now to look at it, would be out on the track. See, tracks all day. It's not like a game that's over. In the sun. Like today. You know why you do that? Because you love your child. And in his particular, his daughter went on and done great things as a runner. But it started out there on that track. You see, you do some things you don't want to do as a father, but you do it. I met this young man 25 years ago, June the 7th. I met him before that. He ran his first race for me 25 years ago, June 7th. And I had a wedding to go through, but I went out that morning and got everything together because it was at Belton, and Marco was getting married. And I, everybody said, uh, oh, your daughter's getting married, you out here? I said, so, yeah, I'm going to take care of business here and go there. But it's important. That young man grew up and took me, kind of, as his spiritual grandpa. His name is Trevor Nerd. You see? Look at the results. I'm going someplace with this. His daddy ain't no pastor. God will send you somebody. Sometimes the father. All right. 
let's go to John 12, verse 49 through 50 from the NIV. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. He said, the Father's commanded me. Commanded me to do this message. We're going to live a higher standard in this church. Can we do this, men? Right. I'm going to go down to 2 Corinthians because okay. I'm out of time. Y'all love what I'm doing? That's right. We, we, you see, even to the point, are we family? Yes. You can't be a family unless you've got a father. Jesus cleared it up, didn't he? When he said, when you pray, pray. We all got the same father. We family. We all got the same father. Ain't no fatherless people in here. If you're saved, we all got the same father. And if you're not saved, we're we going to father the non-saved until they get there. This is who I am to you all in here. 2 Corinthians 4 and 15. That would be 1 Corinthians. Thank and this you. is from it the a, Passion. It was a test. <laughs> okay. Glad I passed. <laughs> For although you could have countless guardians in Christ. Now listen to me. It doesn't matter how many guardians you have in Christ. He says, although you have countless guardians in Christ. Telling you what you're doing wrong. Telling you what you're doing wrong. There's many people. You turn it on TV and all these people are telling you what you're doing wrong. All right. But you don't have many fathers who correct you in love. Say, but you don't have many fathers who correct you in love. And this is the part I want you to get. Mm -hmm. You don't have many fathers who correct you in love. Here we go. This but, is Paul talking. This ain't Jesus. This is Paul talking, all right? But I'm a true father to you, for I became your father when I gave you the gospel and brought you into union with Jesus Christ, the anointed one. That's when I became the father of this church, when I preached the gospel to bring you into the union of Christ. That's right. That's what God called me to do. God good? Yeah, God's good. All right, all right. Brother DJ, I'm having to do prayer because I called him because I didn't know if I'd want to do the message, and he didn't answer the phone. <laughs> Wait a minute. And then he called me after it was over, and I said, no, I got this. So now I'm going to give him his chance. no private time. When Pastor Fields calls, you best get out the shower right now. Don't let that phone keep ringing. Don't let it go to voicemail. You better fling that curtain open and answer. If not, you're going to be doing this. I am so very thankful for the fathers that are here today. Because there was a time when I couldn't father my own son, but my brother in Christ, Elliot, fathered justice for me. And I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for what your prayers did for my son. 
and I love you and I thank you. And that's, that's what it is that sometimes as fathers, you can't father your own children. But if you're in a place where there are like believers, those people will step in for you and father your children and pray for your children and make sure your children are safe. And I'm so thankful for this church because we get to see it live. We know, we, we know that Isaac was fathering every one of those doctors. We know he was. We know Isaac was explaining to them how they were going to treat his father. And we're thankful for that love because I'm glad they didn't have to get to Mama Gwen because that would have been really bad for them. I just already know. They just needed Isaac. But what we need now more than ever is the fact that you need to father outside of your house as well. That we have to step out. We have to. Because there are so many who will never step in here that we need to step out and show them what fathers look like. I was so grateful this morning. We have a, an app uh, for my football team. It's a band app. And how many of my players reached out and wished me a happy Father's Day this morning? And to all the fathers that, are, that are, my staff is for all of them. I'm one of the few that have children on my staff. But all of them are fathers to our players and they reach out when we gotta take them to Aldi's to get food or, or, or give them cash so they can have food. We do that because that's what fathers do. Because we've been fed here so much. And I know that I know that I know that fathers work because yesterday morning, my daughter gets up She's walking out, and she's on her phone. She's listening to Candy by Cameo. And ain't no way a girl 20 years old should know that song, okay? Not Cameo, not today. But to know that she know that she listened when we were playing music in the house, that she takes that with her. So I know that she takes that word that she receives here and walks with that at Northwest Missouri State. Because you know what? Ain't none of us at a certain age starting Bible studies. Well, Trevor, but like the rest of us, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for all that we're doing to allow our children to have a better life. We're thankful for John getting up on a plane this morning to get up here at 7.30 in the morning to get back so he could take his daughter to go get her to another basketball camp and then get back to be here for us. That's fathering. We're so thankful. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for the gifts you have given us. And I thank you, Heavenly Father, for our faith, that our faith carry us in times when we think we're, we're, we're unworthy, when we're not ready, when we're scared, when we're hurting, when we're in pain. Our faith allows us to understand that you are there carrying us, Heavenly Father. You have carried us through everything. You have never, never turned your back on us. It's something that we don't understand here on this worldly plane because sometimes love comes at a cost. 
there has to be certain conditions to be loved. For all those who have heard, I'll come pick you up. And that Father never arrive, never be there. But you, Heavenly Father, have picked us up. You have carried us. You have shielded us. You have healed us. You have brought us out of all types of conditions, Heavenly Father. When our fathers weren't there and our mothers had to stand in the gap, you gave them that strength, Heavenly Father. For those women who are standing in that gap, we pray over you, Heavenly Father. That men that are around those women who will not pray on those women, but who will show up for those women so they can show their young men how to be men. Because these mothers are doing the best they can, and we just pray that those that are be men, Christian men, who will be there at their crossroads. We thank you for all that you have done for us, Heavenly Father. And we just plead the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth over all of us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. amen.